one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. Now, I think we're going to talk about a Hammer film, which is pretty shocking. What Hammer film are we going to talk about, Paul? <laughs> okay, we are going to talk about a Hammer film, but not one of the well-known ones. Um, we are going a bit bit smugly, and we're going to be <laughs> watch, talking about the film Captain Clegg, or Night Creatures, if you're American. Yeah, we should probably call this file Captain Clegg Night Creatures. So that, so that yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, our North American listeners at least can identify what we're talking about. Um, although, actually, I don't really know um, whether, whether if you're in, uh, in America and, and a fan of these Hammer films, whether you use those alternate titles or whether you just use the, the British ones because, you know, those are the real titles. So, so I mean... Well. Do people in America really talk about the Devil's Bride, for instance? <laughs> I don't know, but why don't you uh, contact us and let us know? That'd be really. I'd, that's. I'd be really interested. If, if you like, do you think this film is called Night Creatures? I mean, you know, there's Horror of Dracula. I guess that's 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 the the the, the really big one. The really big. That difference. that seems to have stuck, for whatever reason. Yeah, I think that occasionally gets used over here. Yeah. Anyway, I've completely derailed our podcast after nine <laughs> seconds. <laughs> hey. Well, and do you know, I don't know why I did that, because I am actually really excited about Captain Clegg, because I, I'm a big fan of Dr. Sin. I mean, like, genuinely a big fan. Um, yeah. So this, although it's called Cap- Captain Clegg, is a remake of a, a 1937 movie called Dr. Sin, which was based on the novel by of the same name by Russell Thorndike. And um, I've read that novel. Have <laughs> I? Yeah. Um, and and it, it's um, set in Dimchurch, a very picturesque village in South Kent. And um, they still have a day of sin there every, every year where the, 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 the vicar of the church has to dress up as Dr. Sin and, and go to the beach and they do all sorts of stuff. And, and it's great. And I, I've and I've been to Din Church, and I I've been to um, the ship inn because you know the uh, I don't think they name it in this film, but but okay. the the um, at least I don't know I think it's prominent, but the, but the pub is called the Ship Inn, and and that there's a real pub in um, in Dim Church called the Ship Inn, and yep. yeah, it's really nice, and it's it's got a great big uh, picture of Patrick McGowan as Doctor Sin <laughs> in the lobby. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go on holiday to that area quite a lot. So I used to stay in Rye quite quite often. Oh yeah, and of course that's where um, Captain Clegg was was hanged. Yes, or was he? Or was he? <laughs> ah. right. So yeah, so so obviously we we used to go down down that way to to Romney and and Dimchurch and Hythe, which are all lovely. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, and my my um some of my family live out in Folkestone, not far from there. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, actually, that was that was that was the reason I, I I read the book. And actually, the book at the time it was the it was pre the days when I had a, a Kindle or anything like that. Um, and I remember having to did I buy the book from? It was from the 
one of the uh, sort of community uh, heritage groups from based in Dimchurch, I think, actually reprinted the, the novel because it was was out of print. I think I had the same edition. I, re- I yeah, read it. Has... I read it in, in a kind Does of have... obviously self-published uh, version yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. It had a kind of hand-drawn picture of uh, kind of a bluish cover with a hand-drawn picture of the same edition. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, and it was it, it was obviously a yeah a small press kind of self-published thing that they, they'd done, and it was the only way you could get hold of it. And I remember, mm. and actually read it on a holiday down there as you as you would um and yeah really 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 enjoyed it and actually i've got all of the i've got i've got um a lot of the other books that were written as well which were sequels but actually were prequels to this i haven't read any of those because they're a bit more piratey and a bit less kind of uh foggy villagey yeah settings yeah, I think there's five in total, is there? I think that, I think that's right. I've there not are, read it. Yeah. I've not I've not read the others. So, um, but I think I, uh, the first really interesting thing is actually um, Hammer bought the rights to remake the, the film Doctor Sin. Uh, so the producer uh, John Temple Smith uh, took the yeah. idea to Hammer. So he was actually um, the guy in charge of a rival company called major productions and despite Uh, despite their name um i'm not sure that they really (laughs) produced very much in the way of uh, major productions but but but, um hammer thought yeah great great idea and went along with it Um, that's quite interesting because i I did see the the hammer major production and i was thinking hang on what now uh, is this is this major (laughs) studio muscling in (laughs) exactly so i didn't i didn't actually know that yeah, so 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 that was how it got um, green knit by Hammer, as it were. But they 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 made a kind of mistake because Disney had bought the rights to the Doctor Sin novels separately, and, and so right. when ha- when Hammer announced they were going to make Doctor Sin, Disney were like, "You actually can't. <laughs> we actually own that." <laughs> uh, uh, but in a strange case of Disney being reasonable. In, in in the end, all, all that happened was that Hammer uh, agreed not to use the Doctor Sin name. So every, yeah. which is why everything else in, in this film is exactly Doc, Doc, Doctor Sin. So all the characters, the other Mips, characters, all got the, the same, same names. Name, don't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think even Captain Clegg is the uh, the is the pirate identity of it Doctor is, Sin, yeah. but. Yeah. Um, but instead of being called Doctor Sin, Peter Cushing is Parson Bliss. Yeah, and that was the only change that that Disney insisted on, and um, then they made their own version of of this same, well, not not quite the same story, but a, a similar story. Because actually, the, the the reason Disney were interested is because someone had kind of rewritten the first novel and published it in America and, uh, and then Disney liked that one. And, and then that's how the, right. they got it. So, so um, and then they made it into like a three part television series. And um, that was released in the UK as a movie called Dr. Sin alias the scarecrow. 
uh, yep. starring, as I mentioned, Patrick McGowan as Dr. Sin. Also, it's got George Cole in it as Mr. Mips, I think. And I've, I've seen it, and it's really quite good. I think it is good. Yeah. But um, in, in America, it was, it was called The Scarecrow of Romney Marsh and wasn't a movie at all. It was a three-part TV series. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, strange, strange that you got these two. It's like, um, you, you know, when you got um, Deep Impact and Armageddon, and or, or, or yeah, when, you, when you get yeah. like Hollywood do two two Robin Hood movies at the same time or something. Well, <laughs> yeah, even back then it was happening. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously reasons for that, aren't there? Because they, you know, they they quite often one studio will get wind that somebody's making a particular type of film, so they go through their yeah. their old script piles and go right what have we got that's similar to that and, and maybe the, well i think this I mean, sounds more I, like a genuine coincidence though i think i think that's right I, I don't i don't think hammer were trying to spoil the disney film or vice versa i think no they were just two separate ideas but um it was, hammer at this time in the, the early 60s i think they're trying to move well not move away from horror that's actually not true um but but broaden their range. Yeah. I think that, I think I think uh, the uh, the well the. Well, we've the, said this the, before. Oh, absolutely, and everything. A, a, everything is consistent. I mean, uh, we've got a kind of consistent view of where Hammer went. They start early fifties, the sci-fi, and then they, they strike gold with the great horror movies in the late fifties. And then this period was when they're trying to spread their wings. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but this was released uh, um, on a double bill with the Phantom of the Opera, which was right. um, which we haven't uh, done an episode on. And, and, I, and I'm we may you're not a fan, are you? Wow, well, I seem to remember. I'm not. You see, I, I think for for that one, they they they, um, they went against their, their their usual casting practices, and they 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 put Herbert Lom in as the Phantom and I think it just doesn't work. And I think I've said that before, but um, in this, in Dr. Doc, well, in Captain Clegg, they're just like, yeah, Peter Cushing, call him up. Let's do it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I, I, I saw some really interesting stuff. Well, okay. So I'll, I'll be honest now. Yeah. Cause it does sound like I, I've done a lot of research and it's not true. What I've done is I, I treated myself to the Blu-ray and on the, blu-ray there's quite a good sort of documentary about the making of dr sin it's it's really kind of like a spoken essay (laughs) there's not a lot (laughs) but um (laughs) i just found it so fascinating um but but then there's some really uh interesting information like peter cushing at this time wanted to move away from hammer Uh, but but maybe they were a bit canny because he was still their big star and, yeah. and, and they were like, yeah, but we've heard you love this thing. Cool. Because he, he's, he was living in Kent. Uh, Dr. Sin was uh, a series of books he knew and loved. And, and yep. so he was absolutely hundred percent on board to do this despite at this stage wanting to uh, move away from, from horror. Uh, that didn't moving away from horror didn't last very long, but apparently he did want to do that. No. Um, well, of course, this is a time where he does the two Doctor Who movies as well. Yes, yeah, so, whether or how successful you think they are it varies according to taste. But yeah, that, yeah. So, uh, that, but that, that, if that that's a clear sign of moving away, isn't it, from from the sort of Hammer horror? 
I would agree with you. Oh, thanks. But here's something again, which I only know thanks to that fine Blu-ray extra, which is Cushing loved the whole Doctor Zinn thing so much that that, that he wrote his own sequel. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so so apparently he just he, no one asked him to do this, but he wrote his own script uh, based on the second and third novels and, and took it to Hammer, and and they okay. they it, it didn't go anywhere. I think partly because. You know, Hammer didn't have the rights to do the sequels, but also because apparently the this, this, this script wasn't that great. I mean, he wasn't... Yeah. He, I don't think he ever had any writing credits. But but then no. apparently he did it again, like 10 years later. He, he wrote another <laughs> Doctor Sin uh, treatment. Like, he was keen to yeah. do a sequel. He really keen to do a sequel to this. I think it's kind of a shame it never happened. Yeah. And um, I do know that Hammer for this um because john temple smith brought them a script that, that, that he'd worked on um to for, for for the movie and they basically didn't like it and then they went very imaginatively to john elder <laughs> so. yes john elder who um yeah he's a hard guy to track down <laughs> Uh, obviously the alias for Hammer producer uh, Anthony Hines but also the guy that must have written about 50 of the Hammer movies I know that's an exaggeration but it's not that much of an exaggeration no, not really. I mean pre- pretty much as soon as uh, Jimmy Sangster decided he didn't want to write horror films anymore it's it's all John Elder isn't it John Elder, John yeah. Elder, John Elder <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah I, th- I, th- and I, th- I think uh, John Elder carried on into the mid seventies. I think um, he, he wrote those Tyburn films. So he, you know, Anthony Hines yeah. got got a lot of mileage out of this. And and to be fair, he was a pretty decent scriptwriter. Not like really brilliant, yeah. but pretty yeah. decent. You don't generally object to anything he does. It's maybe not the most inspired, but you know. <laughs> no, but then but then these these were weren't. These films were just being made to be kind of put out in a fairly quick turnaround. So, you know, you, you want someone who can knock out a reasonably okay script in a short amount of time, which I think he probably did really well. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. Uh, yeah. Any, anyway, should we do a... That's a lot of cool background information, but should we do a quick <laughs> rundown of the plot? Do you want to do that or shall I launch uh, in? I don't mind you doing that because... Um, yeah, I haven't got it with me, so I suppose we can go th- just go through it. Well, I've got I've got the Wikipedia plot summary in front of me, but I'm not going to read that out because that's poor value content, and people won't like that. And they don't, <laughs> don't want to just listen to people reading the Wikipedia page. <laughs> but so, so I'm going to say it opens up like it's a horror film, doesn't it? With some it does, old, yeah. old guy on the marshes being chased by um, skeletons on skeleton horses. Yeah. Which is not bad effects. If, if you, oh, I think I think they're really creepy. Yeah, I agree I with you. They're done really well. Even yeah. even at the point where there's a close up and they show somebody's eyes behind a mask, it's still creepy. Absolutely, um, and they are pretty vengeful because um, the 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 old, the old guy he he dies. They, they drown yeah. him essentially, <laughs> um, and 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 then. Um, the scene cuts to the next day, nice Kent village. The vicar is giving a sermon, telling them all how lucky they are. But then the lookout sees that the um, the Navy are arriving in their little boat. Uh, yeah. Obviously, 
customs officers and, and um, that yeah, revenue men prompts uh, some of the uh, congregation to go out and obviously um, conceal the evidence of their criminality. Yes. Because <laughs> dis- despite the horror tinged st- uh, sequence at the start and despite the poster and indeed the name Night Creatures, um, I, th- I think we've also had some kind of pirate flashback, haven't we? Uh, we have, yes. And it's a, a very brief flashback to yeah. a, a ship um, and the, um, what do they call him, Mulatto? Or? Yeah, M- M- Mulatto. But basically yeah. a, a pirate so who's had his tongue cut out. Well, the, 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 he's, it's cut out by Captain Clegg for some... Uh, crime against crime. his wife. His wife, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's a he's bad he's about, left to die on a desert island, isn't he? Yeah, I, I did. I did write actually my my notes. I did put good old British justice. The foreigner kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they cut. They cut his ears as well. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which is a bit of a recurring thing in this film. There's a couple of times where people have their ears threatened to have their ears removed or cut. Well, it was clearly one of the punishments of the sea. Well, I do wonder if it, if that's something that was a something that was done by by uh, naval types in that that era, or, or maybe Russell Thorndike thought it was. I mean, he wasn't a naval man himself, of course. He was an actor, the the brother of yes. Dame Sybil Thorndike. <laughs> but let's assume he did his research. Let's assume that's an authentic historic detail. <laughs> <laughs> might have been um so um there's but there's so much we've already seen right because obviously peter cushing as as the, the vicar but in yeah. the congregation you've got michael ripper as like the choir master um and uh, who turns out to be mr mips who's really the undertaker um and you've also got oliver reed as the squire's yeah. son um harry yeah um, and you've got various other character actors. And then you've got uh, Patrick Allen as Captain Collier, the revenue man. Now, yeah. Um, now, he, he was quite interesting because I, I definitely recognise him from a load of different things. And I had a look through his um, list of credits. And there was no one thing that I can actually pinpoint and say, yeah, that's definitely where I've recognised him from. And But... Having looked at that, I'm thinking, I'm sure I must have seen him in this and must have seen him in that. Um, and actually, actually, later on in his career, he seems to have just been mostly a voice actor. I don't know. So he was a, a tremendous voiceover artist. Tremendous. So you, you, you'll see, um, he, even in the 60s, he was recognised for it because he, uh, he dubbed over one of the voices in The Devil Rides Out. Or, yes. the, de- or the Devil's Bride. <laughs> 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 uh, but but uh, he, and, and he, his voice was used for comedy wasn't it more later on I think he's yeah. in an episode of the Black Adder and I think he voiced a lot of um, uh, like comedy voiceovers as well as yeah. like, um, mainstream ones um, but he was also in the Night of the Big Heat which um, w- was not bad uh, sci-fi movie from a few years later, directed by Terence Fisher with Christian Lee in it. It's not bad at all. It's not. It's not great. Okay. But 
it's not bad. And I, I think he crops up occasionally in in in, in horror movies and, and all sorts of things, like 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 you say. And here, yeah, he's got actually um, a really difficult role because he's uh, the antagonist, but he's not actually a bad guy. No, because uh, you know he's um, he's just doing his duty, isn't he? He's protecting yeah. the the. Yeah, exactly. the the, the the revenue he's going after smugglers and smugglers are criminals right i mean i uh, i know that it, and it's it's said later but it's it's, it's obvious anyway that, that these smugglers are, are doing it for the good of the town aren't they these are like uh, yeah so it's almost like, like a robin a, hood type thing isn't it absolutely yeah um, um but, but, but actually but, the, the, yeah if you look into the smuggling gangs of um kent of the time i think there was like the hawkehurst gang and various others they were they were really nasty people um just in it for for basically their own gain um but obviously this being a, a sort of good old rollicking adventure story it's 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 changed so that you know that, that, that it's being done for for good reasons yeah so um captain collier though is not the sheriff of nottingham so he's not completely no. sympathetic but he's not he's not bad and I, I i like that i like that i find i found myself um enjoying enjoying uh, patrick allen's performance and, and also there's a he, he's got a boatswain hasn't he uh played by a comedy actor normally uh david lodge who um yeah he also g- g- gives a like a, a some a slightly menacing but also you know not terribly un- unsympathetic performance they're, they're, yeah. i mean they they use the mulatto because they they've rescued him from captain clegg because it's established that captain collier was pursuing captain clegg um yeah but but they, they don't they don't treat the mulatto well but not actually that badly either <laughs> it's not i know i know i mean they certainly don't treat him as badly as Captain Clegg treated him. No. So, so you know, I like a bit of I like a bit of moral ambiguity. I, I like I like it that you've got these two opposing sides, the revenue men and the smugglers. But it's not. I mean, and you're supposed to sympathise with the smugglers, but it's not really black and white. And I I like that, and I think that kind of drives the ending of the film as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, I. I... I kind of quite liked it, but I felt it, it in some ways it took something away from the film. It took a bit of that um, tension away from the film a little bit. Okay. Yeah, maybe. And, yeah. I, and after about, after about 30 minutes of talking about um, taxation being too high, you realize this isn't going to be a horror film. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> I was going to get to that. <laughs> I mean, the first five minutes definitely definitely horror film yeah yeah um, maybe maybe another five minutes near the end um, it, well yeah exactly the you don't get the um the horses again uh, the skeletal horses to the end do you <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I, I think maybe some people would have felt short changed but again on a double bill with a film that was a horror film. So I guess you do get a horror film and then you get something different in the same genre, not the same, yeah. not the same genre, but <laughs> like a similar approach in many, in many ways, this was made like a hammer film. So it had a different producer. The director 
John Temple. I know that John Temple Smith's mate, Peter Graham Scott, is very double barreled. I had to look him up because I wasn't really sure what I've ever heard of him before. And he seemed to mostly be a television director yeah. with the odd kind of yeah. almost comedy film. Yeah. Um, type background. So, so, so that's right. And he, and he was associated with major productions. But apart from that, um, virtually everyone involved are the, the Bray Studios Hammer regulars. And they made it at Bray. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, on a, a bit on location as well, but mostly at Bray. Um, yeah. so, so, so it really does have the feel of a Hammer Horror in many ways but yeah. it's not it's not actually a horror film so you, you you're play, playing they're playing with it um and they they've done it the year before um with pirates of blood river which was apparently and i was surprised to learn this pirates of blood river was apparently a tremendous success okay <laughs> Yeah, uh, so so the, the 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 stat that gets quoted is that that it was the it was on a double bill with a non-hammer film called Mysterious Island, and apparently yeah. that was the top double bill of that year. Now, um, Mysterious Island that was that the Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Film. Yeah, and and, yeah. and um, the way people consumed movies was changing um, because. Psycho in 1960 had kind of put a stop to the um, the, the kind of uh, program, so, so where people would, would would go in and watch. Uh, there'd be a, a B movie and another movie and and some shorts, yeah. and then it would just be a cycle, and you you'd go in at a random point and watch it till you got to the bit where you'd come in at. Um, yeah, uh, but but. Psycho changed that, and it was just like, come and see Psycho. Come watch all of Psycho, and then go <laughs> and watch yeah. it. Right. So, so um, I, I, I wonder if double bills were, back, you know, uh, already old fashioned by 1961. So I remember. I mean, I don't think I don't think it was the smash hit of 1961. And, and then by 1962, I think, um, you, you, you know, this wasn't actually successful. By, by the way, because of Phantom of the Opera, which wasn't a success at all. Um, yeah. But, but uh, and I know Hammer did carry on with double bills uh, throughout the whole of the 60s, I think they carried on. But um, I, I think actually that's because of the kind of films they were making and really double bills had fallen into disrepute. Anyway, that's a complete aside. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I think even with that caveat, um, Hammer had had a big success with the non-horror, the non-horror film the previous year. So that kind of explains why they were doing it. And, and that yeah. had Christopher Lee in it. So, so it was like, yeah, he's a big horror star, but, but not in a horror role kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I don't think I've seen that actually. So I, I haven't, uh, but I, I do have it on, Region One DVD because okay. I, I first saw Captain Clegg years ago on a on like a Hammer Hammer Adventures um, box set I got because um, I I couldn't get Captain Clegg on Re- Region Two DVD at all so I I got the America I bought the American one which is annoying because um, when that 
chipped DVD player broke. I, I didn't have a way, way of playing it, but that, yeah. <laughs> but I do have it on that. Do you, like a play? I think on my old laptop. <laughs> but, yeah, but, and, and and actually, I've never wanted to watch it before before like yesterday when I was like, actually, I'd really <laughs> love to see that. <laughs> so maybe I'll dig it out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, ah, oh, massive digression. Um, <laughs> do you know? The real villain of this film, uh, which I'm talking about Captain Clegg now, is actually one of the smugglers. It's Rash, isn't it? It is. So um, we see him being cowardly, don't we? So so he's he's the one that's really scared at the revenue men and and really freaked out. And and, um, Bliss, who it turns out is the leader of the smugglers, just stands him down and says, I don't want you involved yeah. tonight. We're going to, we're going to go ahead, but just don't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, he's obviously a good judge of character to a certain yeah. extent, but he's not that good a judge because um, Rash is, who's the landlord of the shipping. is also, um, I believe the guardian of Imogen. Yeah. And she's um, essentially the barmaid. Uh, but also the girlfriend of Harry, the squire's yes. son. Um, but, but um, you know, I think it's fair to say that, that Rash has designs on Imogen himself. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, again, playing with expectation, right? Because in a lot of uh, films, the, the, it'd be the squire's son who was basically the villain, wouldn't it? Yeah, he'd be yeah. wanting to use his class privilege, and it'd be some plucky member of the uh, <laughs> the, the working class who was actually the hero. But here, no, yeah. it, it, it's uh, Harry is good, and his feelings for Imogen are genuine. Whereas, you know, Rash is a thorough, thoroughly bad lot that actually tries to assault her, and um, has to be. Um, he gets scratched on the face, doesn't he? And then and Harry basically hits him, and then there's a fight, and the customs men break up the fight, don't they? And then uh, and then Rash essentially betrays the uh, <laughs> the smugglers to get Harry and all of them. Yeah, uh, and, and, and Rash has found out that Imogen is Captain Clegg's daughter. Yeah. So um, Captain Clegg, who is. Uh, talked about because his grave is in the the Dimchurch churchyard and yeah. um, it, it was Dr. Bliss that took Captain Clegg's confession that the, the, uh, the day he was hanged yeah um, or is that all just a clever cover story? Who knows incidentally Rash is played by um, Martin Benson Yes, who was in quite a lot of things, but probably best known for us as playing um, uh, the Vogon captain in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy TV series. <laughs> the, the universe's greatest poet, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's 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 a very strong cast, isn't it? It's a very strong cast. Um, yeah. Do you know what I liked about the cast, actually, this? I know we, we haven't really sort of got onto him, but it was really nice to see Michael Ripper in a reasonably major part that wasn't just 
a barman or innkeeper or, or some second villager or whatever it was it was actually quite nice to see him doing something a bit more meaty and he, he's actually really good so um he gets the best one of the best moments not the well he does he gets he's involved <laughs> in two the two best moments now, yeah. the, fir- the first one of them is um when, when rash goes into the undertaker's looking for for him i think that's what what happens isn't yeah. it and, and and you see him just wait he's sleeping in his coffin yes <laughs> <laughs> so it, he's pretty eccentric is mr pips <laughs> <laughs> and the second moment's at the end so um maybe come yeah. to that in a minute um i agree with you completely uh, and i did see it said again on the blu-ray that this was michael ripper's best ever performance in a hammer movie um i don't know that may or may not be true it's saying yeah i don't know about that because i think it's i think he always he's always like giving gives good performances he's always fairly dependable yeah i think it's his longest performance in a hammer movie and so therefore there's probably more to judge him on yeah i seem to remember yeah in one of the Draculas, he's quite a significant role, um, and you might give, yeah. But but is it, this is this is this is great. This this absolutely is great. It's probably uh, it is vintage Michael Ripper, and and you get to see he had real ability. So it's not just that people enjoy seeing his face cropping up. It's that he's yeah. really good in. He's really good here. He's really good everywhere. So, and this is why people have such such affection for Michael Ripper. Although, obviously, he never headlined a, a movie in his life. No. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna like a word on uh, Yvonne Romain who played Imogen. So um, now she she is actually quite an eye catching performance. But what I like about her is. No, she's she's very good. Her and Oliver Reed, really good actually in the juvenile lead parts, um, yeah. which um, obviously Hammer stuck to, even though they changed genres. But um, they Hammer had used her before in Curse of the Werewolf, and um, they used her again in in something called The Brigand of Kandahar. Which right. is a John Gilling film from a few few years later. And, okay. And and I think one of Hammer's real weaknesses actually, what was that they didn't develop the female actors and give the female actors decent parts and or bring even bring them back very yeah. very, very often. Yeah. I, I like to I like I like to see the, them using the same the same actors and giving actors uh, decent roles. And I think she she I mean she. This is this is for, for for Hammer. This is a pretty good. Um, this is a pretty good role, and she she, she does it well. I, I think so. I, I put it, it was sort of nice to see a reasonably competent woman in a Hammer film. She's not really a pushover, which I like. I, I, absolutely, she, she she's not. So um, in the innkeeping scenes early on, where she's doing the the sort of serving people she gets a lot of attention and she's she's pretty good at giving as good as she gets with 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 that and she she fights rash off on her own doesn't she yeah yeah yeah, yeah she, she's yeah it's it's quite it's quite a positive part actually it it may maybe not 
by modern standards, but actually no. <laughs> for, for, the, for the time, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. And I, 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 I liked her in it. And I, 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 I liked her. I, I wish Hammer had used them more, but I think, you know, three times is about as much as they used any uh, female actor that I, I can recall. Um, yeah. It just it made me think actually how they wasted Ingrid Pitt many many years later when they made a genuine a genuine star out of her and still wasted yeah. her. But there we go. <laughs> how, many were, how many was Barbara Shelley in? Well, she, 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 I think was she like two or three. I think she was three, but it's two major ones. <laughs> isn't it? I, yeah. I could I could look that up because then. Oh, Quatermass in the Pit. Um, Dracula, oh. Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah, but she's also in... Oh, she's also apparently in Rasputin and the Gorgon. So that makes four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I've seen all of those films, it's just they all blur into one a bit. <laughs> As we said, they weren't, they weren't good at writing female parts, were they? Because female parts in... Hammer horror films serve a purpose, and they're yeah. all fairly interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. With the well, <laughs> that's mostly right. Um, the, the the Gorgon um, actually is, is a bit different, but because um, because obviously that that does have a a, a female yes. um, monster creature. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, and and that actually that's got really interesting because she's kind of she's, she's yeah that, that, that the Gorgon's a really interesting film. Did we cover that? Yeah, let's not talk about the Gorgon because cause we did actually do a whole yeah. episode on it. Yeah, which you can go and listen to. I, I thought I remember talking to you about it. You know, I don't. I, <laughs> <laughs> it was either a pub conversation or a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's really not much difference, to be fair. <laughs> there really, there, there really, really isn't. And of course, that is um, still the kind of uh, experimental period before Dracula and Prince of Darkness changes Hammer completely. Yeah. <laughs> to maybe turns them into the production line that we think of them uh, when you talk about Hammer horrors. But yeah. Um, any, anyway, I just wanted to call out uh, Yvonne Romain's performance there. And, and of course, the other thing is I now really want to watch Curse of the Werewolf, which I haven't watched for years and years and years. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember being a big fan of that, if I'm honest. No. No, but now I do want to see it again. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost tempted to watch um, Prads the Opera again, but not quite. Right. Um so a lot of the the middle section of Captain Clegg is is really toing and throwing about smuggling, isn't it? Yeah. There, there, yeah. There, there's a kind of uh, a midnight um, assignation where the smugglers have to have to go and do goods exchange at a windmill, and, and, you, yeah. and you think windmill, brilliant, fantastic, classic horror. It's like no, it really isn't. There's no. It's not even. They don't even set it on fire, Paul. They don't even set no. it on fire. No. <laughs> what a missed opportunity! It does, it does have a creepy scarecrow, though. Yes, yes. Um, uh, but but the scarecrow gets shot. Yeah, because <laughs> that, would, that wouldn't have happened in Wurzelgummidge. 
<laughs> but then that, that, that leads to um, quite a good scene afterwards because um, Collier thinks the scarecrow was Bliss, but then it turns out it wasn't. And then the film yeah. makes you think it was him. And there's that quite a bit that I quite like where where um, Collier confronts uh, Bliss uh, about his and grabs him by the wrist where he thinks he's been shot, and and Bliss sort of like recoils a bit and goes ah, oh. and and then it, it it turns out that it's because the captain stood on his shoe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Bliss toying with him. I like I like that. Yeah. But but then 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 the twist is actually it's it's Harry that's been shot. So Harry was yes. acting as the scarecrow spy, which was yeah. um good. yeah yeah I like I like I like that. I mean it's it's it's, it's good apart from you know uh, the, the scarecrow there isn't you know it's not as creepy as the Sleepy Hollow scarecrows. It's not it's, it's not that no. creepy. It's more like a, that's more the smuggler stuff than than, than trying it, to be another nod it's a bit more yeah it's a bit more kind of um wizard of oz scarecrow isn't it yeah yeah okay yeah a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but but then you know the 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 net so, so then the net starts to close and anyway because um the the mulatto has recognized that bliss is in fact captain clegg and yeah. and um the the King's men are closing in on 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 the ring because uh, Collier is deeply suspicious of Bliss. Um, so so what what we have then is um, the I think the, the confrontation between the sailors and the uh, skeletons because then uh, you get the the horror scene really good really well done. Um, so, so then you can you can see that the uh, it's quite 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 a good actiony confrontation um but 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 then then um i think um is, is it bliss is it, uh, I, I just watched this bliss gets injured doesn't he and then he, he goes does, yeah he he escapes to the undertakers where he's um where he's 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 killed but but he he's already he's he's made sure that that harry and imogen his daughter yeah. Have, have escaped so they can elope together. He's ensured his daughter's happiness, basically, um, and and well, then, he's he's married them, hasn't he? Uh, yes, yes, yes. By he, that point. he has married them. Uh, you see, I I don't know whether he has or he hasn't because I wonder whether that would be legally binding. <laughs> I, I, I know he was a vicar, but also because he's a pirate captain, right? Whether everything that yeah, vicar's ev- done... Everybody's got something in their past that we, you know, they'd rather not talk about. I, I know, but... And, we, and, and, you know, <laughs> he just happens to be like a pirate captain. But, you know, it doesn't mean to say he can't then become a man of the cloth. Well, <laughs> you, you're 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 right, of course, but but, but I'm wondering whether whether the authorities would go. He he wasn't actually um, imbued with the ability to to like marry people. <laughs> so, but anyway. in, in in the film, it doesn't really say, does it, how he uh, came to be the vicar? Whereas in the book, it does. The book, I think, goes into that a bit more. I think there's a one of those prequel books deals with it completely but but in, in, in fact 
he was a vicar, then turned pirate captain, and he goes back to being a vicar, which I think was yeah. a bit weird because <laughs> I would have thought he would have been like a, an adventurer who was pretending to be a vicar, but apparently he knows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but the thing I really love about this film, actually, which is the 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 ending where um, the dead Captain Clegg is put in Clegg's grave because. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 mulattoes dug it up to prove that Clegg wasn't dead. Um, so so the grave's yeah. kind of there and it's open. And then when he's dead, uh, Mips carries him and puts him in the grave. And yeah. and all the villagers and all the sailors follow. And like all the sailors take their hats off to show respect, which is uh, a callback to something that Collier wouldn't take his hat off before. Yeah. Um, in in the church, he, yeah, it's, yeah. So so ah, I just thought. That is such a strong last shot. That's actually yeah, that properly good. cinematic and really effective, and and really kind of in tunes in with the you know, uh, Clegg sort of the good guy and Collier's sort of the bad guy, but really you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. So there's a there's there's a um, another nice little callback as well um, in that. Uh, Mips earlier on basically has a go at them about ditching his coffins and actually, you know, they're, they're actually good quality and he doesn't want, you know, it's a big waste mm. to do that. And in that final scene, he puts back on the lid of the coffin that was smashed apart <laughs> by, <laughs> by the, the, the mulatto. So he's, he puts the top half on, I think. And it's yeah. clearly two parts. And I thought that was quite a nice callback to, to sort of his character as well. Yeah. So, so um, even though it could easily have been interminable, and I think some people watch this will probably find it like deeply disappointing. But um, if you if you're going in not expecting a Hamora, um, uh, and and do you actually buy into the the, the story here? It's great. It's great, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I, I am saddened actually that Peter Cushing never got to make his sequel, because um, it, it could have, it could have been really good. And you know, a, co- a couple of other things I'd like to say. Right, actually, I'm disappointed as well that Patrick McGowan never got to do more, because he's brilliant yeah. as, as a different kind of Doctor Sin, and I love Patrick McGowan. I think he's amazing. Um, so, yeah. so, so, so we've ended up with this these two really excellent um, actors in really good films yeah. of, of of Doctor Sin. No wonder, no, no wonder it is still fondly remembered. And Incidentally, also, the director of this also directed an episode of um, The Prisoner and Danger Man. So there's a, there's your there's your Patrick McGowan connection. I, I I believe there were there were people um, in the crew who worked on both films as well. Okay. <laughs> so they, <laughs> which, which, which yeah, it was quite quite funny. Yeah, um, I know we're always um, really really good about him, but I just wanted to just say, uh, uh, and I, I will give you my opinion of the film in a minute because I think it might be slightly different from yours. Um, but Cushion is very good in this, uh, and I, and I love the way um, he 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 can he switches 
both in voice and physicality between the different roles. So when he's actually being the 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 the, vic, the vicar, he's actually speaking with quite a quiet sort of voice and gentle. He has voice. the glasses on, doesn't he? Yeah, he has the glasses on, and he's quite you know. And then and then uh, he, then he gets sort of gets called away into the secret bit, and instantly he's far more sort of masterful and takes control of everything, and his voice changes and he's he 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 stands up a bit straighter and just just all those little subtle things but it's not done in a way that's like really really obvious so it's 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 one of those things i think you just become aware of a little bit after the fact you think yeah i can see what he's doing there because see what he's done so i think he, he he definitely needs credit for being able to just do that and actually do it in a reasonably subtle way I, I, th- I think so. So um, his star power really, really, really does help. It really, really, he's a great, great actor and a, a great leading actor in, in, in yeah. the title role here, and and great, great support. Now, o- Oliver Reed does a lot with quite a thankless role, but then you would expect that, you know. O- o- I mean, Hammer were lucky to to find Oliver Reed. They used him a lot in in their early m- movies, and of course they did. They're like, wow. <laughs> This 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 kid's awesome. We'll use him a lot, and, and yeah. I think it, it, it was possibly a shame that they didn't get him back once he was a really big star. They probably couldn't afford him after no. a while, because <laughs> uh, he 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 really helps as as, as well. Um, yeah. And I, I, I've got, you know, one other thing which I've been dying to say, and I'm going to say it now, right? That yeah. this film essentially has the same plot, not just of Dr. Sin alias the Scarecrow, which you'd expect, yeah. but the same plot as Carry On Dick. And, <laughs> and Carry On Dick is a great film as well. I don't know if, yeah. I, well, I know, you, I know you do like the Carry On films. I don't know if you're familiar with this particular I, one. I haven't seen it for a long, long, long time. But so it's not one of the ones I'm really familiar with. It's basically the last proper one they made. Um, yeah. Sir, Sir James is lost. And Sir James plays Dick Turpin, but Dick Turpin that's hiding, pretending to be a vicar. Right. And so <laughs> it, 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 it's got the same, it's the same story, but it, yeah. uh, and I think it's got um, Kenneth Williams as the, in the Captain Collier kind I, of role. I think you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe they liked the story, but just didn't think anyone would know who Doctor Sin was. Although that would fit better with a Carry On film, wouldn't it, Doctor Sin? Done <laughs> with that name. <laughs> do, do you know? I think they might have got a bit of mileage out of Dick Turpin's name as well. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, anything um, else you'd like to raise? Well, there are a few things. Um, I, there's a great use of um, stock footage of birds early on, right back oh. when, <laughs> right back when the when the uh, navy guys first arrive and they're getting off the boat. Uh, I think they must have used stock footage of every single bird ever okay. in that bit, which uh, which kind of made me laugh a little bit. There's even a swan there. I've That's got. Good fun. A- I've got a fact for you, though, right? Okay. Um, 
one of the shots actually it was like a shot of a swaying tree it's not one of the bird shots but it is right uh, at the beginning it is stock footage and it's actually um from david lean's great expectations so it's oh, okay. actually, there's a shot in this film that was directed by david lean <laughs> excellent i bet that's the birds are not from that i no. bet they're not i bet they don't have such no they're from, they're probably <laughs> nature from from nature high, films, high credentials <laughs> probably yeah. But yeah, that that sort of made me made me laugh a little bit. Um, also, as one of the navy guys, you've got uh, Peter Halliday, who is kind of quite famous for playing sort of heavy heavies in things, and and is in Doctor Who quite a lot. I just thought it's worth pointing him out. I was going to ask you for a Doctor Who connection, but it's pointless. You brought it up on your own. There you go. Um, so, so he, 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 I think he has a couple of lines, but not very much. But yeah, he, he, he plays pretty there's much an, the same guy in everything. There's um, another one, but, but go, go, go for it. See, see, see if you get this. Or otherwise, uh, there, there probably is another one. I'm, I'm yeah, but uh, um, and I just thought uh, the other thing as well is that, uh, which again took me out of it and a little bit and that's um later on where they're wandering around at night there's a a wolf noise mm. that is like the single most overused wolf noise ever and it sort of goes like that and and maybe i'll even drop it into this the the, the podcast when i when i edit it but um, that would improve yeah. our podcast <laughs> It, it, again, it took me out of a bit because I've heard that that so many times. It must just be the most overused kind of wolf type dog sound ever. Um, anyway, those those were just some of the things I, I sort of picked up on. I think overall, I probably didn't enjoy this film as much as you did. There's great things about it and lots lots that I liked, but I did think it kind of was a bit dull in a lot of ways. There wasn't quite enough. It could have done with uh, a bit more, sort of, a bit more swashbuckling and a bit, a little bit more action to make you want it a, sort bit, of a, a bit, bit more, more crawl. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know, but, I, know but, you, I know what you mean. I think that's a it's, fair. It's sort of it's a fair in the middle, and and I don't remember the, that being true of the book. It's a and fair I, criticism, and I, and I sort of wonder who this was aimed at because good point, and, and I sort of wonder with that contributed to it not being particularly popular because it is not a horror film but it sort of starts off a little bit horror filmy and then it's not kind of uh piratey or swashbucklingy enough to be a, a good sort of kids action film so it's sort of a, i don't really know where it's where it's where it sits well you can see you can see hammer um or or, or the distributors had that problem so that they decided to market it as a horror film which is complete clearly completely not true exactly (laughs) and actually do do we want to go into the um into the history of where the night creatures thing comes from yeah go for it because i'd love to know okay so the reason why it was called night creatures was uh, so so i understand was that they had promised to um, 
make a version of Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, and then and then apparently the British censors told them that they would never, it would never ever get through, um, which is a bit odd. It would never ever be allowed to be released based on what they submitted to them or whatever, um, and so it all fell through. But they'd, they'd apparently promised, I think, is it Universal? I think they promised Universal a film called Night Creatures, and so they just had had Captain Clegg ready. And so therefore just went, have this, we'll call it Night Creatures. And, and so the, so, so the Lucis, it's the Lucis of connections. I think they probably argued that you've got the, the, the sort of ghostly riders and everything. They're, they're your Night Creatures. The Marsh Phantoms, yeah. Yeah, so, so that, that's that's... That's where that's where that comes from because they were due to make that movie which they couldn't make, uh, and that had been promised. So <laughs> <laughs> submitted this instead, which is exactly my point. In that, it, it's really odd as to how exactly who this is aimed at. Okay. So yeah, uh, I think overall I I didn't enjoy it as much as you. There was lots of bits I loved. I, I loved the the ending. We talked about how how that was done and it's actually. Was, was very well done and loads of the performances um oh the other thing i noticed was that i looked into the location work and uh, it was done in a place i think it was called denham or somewhere like that in in buckinghamshire i think that's um, right because yeah. the one the other thing as well is it is probably didn't most people probably didn't notice this but obviously when you go down to dimchurch and romney in that area um one of the things it doesn't have a lot, awful lot of is hills, and 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 a lot of the location work was done in quite hilly, hilly Buckinghamshire. Very very picturesque, wasn't it? It's but lovely, yeah. but yeah, it's it's very very hilly, and and um, that sort of took me out of it a little bit because I was thinking, yeah, it's not really going to be near any marshes there. No, in that, fact, I think, I think I believe they did think they did think they would have to go to Romney Marsh, but then they found they 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 found locations uh, close, yeah. close, much closer to Bray, so they were like, well, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and to be honest, Paul, you make very many fair points. Um, I I can't disagree with you. It, it definitely does sag in the middle, and it definitely yeah. does suffer from being aimed at no one. But you know, it's just very lovable. Yeah, I didn't didn't hate it. It's one, it's one of these films that I, I'm sort of not unhappy that I watched it. I, I'm not sitting there going, "Well, that was a, a an hour and however long it was, twenty minutes of my time, I'll never get back." It, it was okay, and I, and there was lots to enjoy in it. I just it's just not something I I think I would watch again. I think it's just one of those things. I yeah, it just didn't have enough to. I I I, I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly how how you how you feel. I mean, um, because the the the, the non horror ones are kind of a harder sell, aren't they? Because there is, there is less to enjoy in them, in in, in some in some ways. So anyway, anyway, I think I think it's I think it's fair fair comment. And I just wanted to say um, one one connection you didn't mention to Doctor Who was that the Rani is actually in this. So um, yeah. <laughs> Kate O'Mara is uh, essentially an extra in in the in the tavern scene. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure you can even 
see her but um but no you can there's one pizza. there's one bit um oh when is it is it when they're the bit where they're teasing the the what's his name the the, the mute Love. guy yeah yeah where they're, where they're all teasing and winding him up there's a there's a bit where it kind of pans in a in a kind of circular way around the crowd all shouting and jeering and i think the 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 second woman that it pans past is is kate o'mara and then it yeah. goes on to, to peter halliday um basically yeah to, 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 to be honest to be honest i i had to be told i didn't recognize her i had to be told <laughs> no, i only knew i only knew i only knew because i looked um at the cast fairly early on right at the beginning when i was watching it um before it got going and i noticed her in there so i, I was sort of keeping an eye out uh. i did say she was an uncredited bar person so <laughs> I, I thought oh, i'll keep an eye out for her and see if i can spot her right okay um just, shall we leave it there I yeah think i should. think so i think, yeah. I think that's right um and we'll just we'll just wait for the uh the flood of responses from our north american <laughs> listeners on on whether this is called night creatures to them or or, or not um which... and, and, that, and that is a good way to segue into how they contact us which is either on facebook where you can search for us as a very british horror or on twitter where we're at very brit horror let's think about that then <laughs> um or they can email us at a very british horror at gmail.com great fantastic okay well in, until next time i've been chris denton and i'm still paul monk good night bye